Welcome back to Wavelengths, everybody. The first weekend of the NBA playoffs is coming to an end. Some of us here, well, actually, I think two of us here, pretty sad. Uh, Thunder didn't make it, so that's okay. Lots and lots to talk about. Lots of anger that needs to be let out. So, Deontay, I will let you start. And what was your big takeaway from this weekend's games? Um, from this weekend's game, well, um, let's just start off with um, the Knicks game. Um, probably was definitely the best game of, of the weekend. Where let's do a, a quick time step. It's nine forty three Eastern Eastern time. So you know the Memphis Utah game is currently going on, but that Knicks game was definitely exciting. Um, <clears throat> uh, the where else you want the Laker game kind of um, it was just all around I think great weekend of basketball that's all you that's all you can really say it was a great weekend of basketball Armand how did this weekend treat you um, so obviously you know Thunder currently in a lottery pick but you know, a couple of my favorite players. I love to see Chris Middleton being the go-to guy for the Bucks. It can't be Giannis in those late-game situations. It has to be either Drew or Chris Middleton. I think that was arguably the game of the week. Obviously, Knicks and Hawks as well. But how about the Mavericks against the Clippers? Luka with the healthy Porzingis. That could be a very likely first-round upset. Overall, I think this was arguably one of the best opening weeks for playoff basketball in recent, recent history. Yeah, so I guess I'll address the elephant in the room and just kind of get right into it. Um, this is an anti-Trey Young podcast. Trey Young just, it's okay. I couldn't think of like a really good uh, analogy for it. So I'll just say how I feel. Trey Young is annoying. Trey Young is bad for basketball. Trey Young just like ruins the game. Trey Young is like the guy that does all of the talking in class but then someone else tries to talk to him and they get in trouble. It just like, he doesn't play it in a way that's natural because, you know, when you shoot a three, you go backwards into guys and it's just so annoying. And then he did, did that stupid shiver thing. Like, Ooh, you won one playoff game, man. Like, wow, you're so good. You looked like, like you fell on the floor and that's how your head and hair got there. But that's besides the point. I don't want to make fun of appearances. I'm just talking about on the court stuff. It's just like, I, I'd so much rather Bogdanovich beat the Knicks or if Clint Capella beat the Knicks, I would be like, all right, cool. But if Trey Young's going to do it, then I'm going to have something to complain about. So I have a question for you then, Stefan. Do you blame this whole thing on Trey or kind of, you know, the whole argument kind of started with James Harden in 2018, where, you know, when he drive in and he was going underneath players' arms, do you blame it on kind of Trey Young? you know, trying to manipulate the rest, or do you, like, blame Harden for starting this trend? This is all Trey Young's fault. When the Knicks played the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals, that don't be James Harden's fault, but right now it's, it's Trey Young's fault. This this guy just – I don't know what – like, everyone talks about, you know, Steph Curry revolutionizing the game with the three. Now kids are going to, like, do this, and it's just going to be terrible because – Every four seconds when Trey Young is out there, it's like, oh, another foul. And then he doesn't get it, and he complains about it. So enjoy the Trey Young show because apparently it's going to be here to stay. So so let me re respond by saying this. Um, can you blame Trey Young for it? 
yes, but at the same time, you got to look at the NBA and the refs because they're, they're the ones constantly calling these these fouls. I mean, you know, you really can't blame the player necessarily for playing within the rules because there's, you know, from from a fan aspect, is this what you want to watch? No, but at the same time, he's just doing what's best for it for you know for the um team and you know to win i mean i you know this is kind of a whole different sport but i guess this kind of goes hand in hand with the whole michael conforto sticking out your your elbow thing i didn't like it but at the same same time i get it was within the rules but i you just gotta blame blame the refs in the nba for not you know changing some type of rule to prevent things like this from happening because if they don't make any type of changes it's just just going to keep happening unfortunately yeah, because Trey Young is so dramatic about it and makes himself look like one of those blow-up things at a used car lot. And then you get players like Steph Curry the other night absolutely mugged, and they're like, oh, no, you know, that's within the rules. So it's just such a bad way to lose games, especially if you are on the fans' side of the loss. But it just – it takes so much away because, you know, it's a lot of people back in the garden for the first time in forever, a really close game. And then, you know, it's just whistle, whistle, whistle. Oh, Trey Young back at the line. So, I mean, whatever. Nixon five. Well, well, can 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 we just can we just say 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 this since you since you brought up Knicks fans? One of my favorite uh, venues to watch a game at on on TV is is um Madison Madison Square Garden because it's the atmosphere, just the 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 sounds, the fans constantly screaming from from minute one to to you know to the end of the game. It's just it's just a dip. It's just different, and I really really like that. And I'm glad, really glad to see that you know Knicks fans actually have something to actually cheer for and you know come out every night and sell out. I, I really really love that. I mean, I definitely think if the Knicks advance the second round, I mean, I think they should. Obviously, I think Tibbs is going to make some adjustments game two. Um, I think it's going to be a big advantage for them. 15,000 fans out of 18,000. I think that's that's probably the most out of all teams in the playoffs, I believe, right? 15,000 yes. fans. Yeah, that will be a huge advantage for the Knicks in playoff runs. We saw how much – I mean, it didn't really affect the game much today, but, like, having home court advantage just brings a completely different aspect to teams that normally aren't used to playing in front of fans, especially this season, so – yeah, and if maybe like my Lord and Savior Julius Randle could hit a shot every now and then, but like I, I can't complain. It's it's one playoff game and like carried the team here, like it or not. So go ahead, Deontay. No, I was about to say, I mean, at the end of the day, it was just a two-point game. I mean, it really just came down to who who, you know, hit timely shots. You saw, you know, somebody since Julius Randle obviously struggled like hell from the field. I mean, I know he's had a, you know. He's definitely going to win most improved. And, you know, he just put up numbers that I would have never expected to see from him, especially with the way his career started. He couldn't hit, you know, anything. And, you know, a guy like Alec Burks definitely stepped up. And um, Derek Rose, you know, obviously he's nowhere near the level that we're accustomed to seeing him back in the Chicago days. But he's still, at the end of the day, still has that Derek Rose that we all know in him just, just a little bit. So I feel like if Julius Randle at least hits four more shots, then this is a totally different game. I mean, he 
was just missing everything. So, you know, if he can do that and cut down on the damn turnovers, because like every time I turn around, dude was just falling, turnovers all over the place. So if he could just play a little bit more efficient, then the I feel like the Knicks can definitely run away with this series. And the last thing on Julius Randle, I Tom Thibodeau, what he's done in less than a year is remarkable. But in these last second shot situations, please stop giving it to Julius Randle. Everybody in the world knows that he's going to get it. Just for once, give it to somebody else. And then, like, maybe they'll make it. But that's neither here nor there. Thanks. Yeah, I saw, yeah, I saw on that um, inbound play, before they even came out at a time, I was like, you got to give it to Alec Burke. You have to give it to him. He's scored like 16 or 18 in the fourth quarter. Why wouldn't you give it to him? And then once I saw it, he was the one inbounding the ball. I was like, oh, yeah, game over. And there's, there's there's no way you 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 allow somebody else other, other than Alec Burke to take that last shot. But you know, I don't want to harp on the Knicks for too long. But that that's just something that I, I just cannot understand. So there is another basketball team in New York State. They can't really sell a lot of tickets, so they have to give them away. And that is the Brooklyn Nets, of course, who, similar to Trey Young, they, as Armand mentioned, have James Harden. They got a lot of complainers. They always, oh, boo-hoo, why, why us? They played a very close game against the Celtics that they snuck away with in the fourth. How do we see this series playing out? I mean, honestly, it should be net sweep. But, I mean, the Celtics gave it, like, a good fight. Like, Jason Tatum played a great game. But Kemba, Kemba has to be much better for the Celtics when any chance. I mean – he was five of sixteen. Had a he was minus twenty one. Def, I mean, defensively, it's just a tough matchup for them, uh, for the Celtics because they are putting Marcus Smart on. You're putting Marcus Smart on either Kyrie or James Harden, and then Kemba's guarding the other one. So you know one of them is going to have a mismatch. So defensively, it's just a nightmare. They were and offensively, they just weren't getting enough out of anybody other than Tatum. So they were forced to play Jabari Parker which we saw what happened there kind of late third. They were kind of attacking him. So they just need more offensive output from their players like Evan Fournier. He was three of 10. And Kemba, Kemba Walker has to be much better as well. But I think they should the Nets should sweep them. Yeah, so when you look look at it on, on paper, then the Nets clearly have the better team. They're probably better than every team in basketball on paper. But I – I know it was a very close game, but when you just look at the game and, you know, the, the, the Nets really couldn't hit a shot or they couldn't hit a three in the first half, which is a really big part of the game because obviously, you know, guys like Kyrie, Katie, and Harden can all shoot, but when you have a guy like Joe Harris, if his shot isn't falling, then, you know, that really hurts them. So I feel like they, they won't play as bad on offense as they did last night. Um, or yesterday. So I definitely feel like it's at, at most it, it should go Nets and five because, like I said, they clearly have the better talent and both teams really lack a true inside presence. So if you're just looking at perimeter guys, the Nets should definitely run away with this. Yeah, I think the Nets will win. They should win. But I think a bigger issue looming, and we haven't seen its full potential yet, Brooklyn, to me, just seems like a big mess waiting to happen. I don't really think Steve Nash has the amount of control and power that any coach has in the playoffs. Kevin Durant has never had 
like this much to deal with it within his teammates. Like Steph Curry, normal guy. He's he was comfortable giving up his team to Durant when he came over. Russell Westbrook, you know how we all feel about him. But Kyrie is just like a loose cannon at times. And James Harden just chokes in the playoffs. So I think if this Nets team gets challenged in any of their series, it'll be interesting to see how resilient they become. I mean, I agree with you. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. No, no. no, no. I mean, another big problem to see with this is their benches in the deepest as well. If you look at other teams like the Knicks, I mean, I understand that they're probably going to be playing hard in Irving or Durant with one of their, with their bench units, obviously. But um, I just think their bench is severely um, hindered as well compared to other teams like the Knicks and potentially the, the Bucks as well. But we've seen any inexperienced coaches with big threes. I mean, Westbrook, I mean, it's kind of a bad example, but Westbrook, George, and Carmelo Anthony went their first year with Billy Donovan, and we saw how that went. I want to say those are like – it's kind of hard to compare those two because they're like Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony are completely different people, Turbin, Harden, and Durant. But an inexperienced head coach with three – arguably top three top five, top ten players um, with limited game time together is going to be a problem late down series, especially if they're challenged. So I, I agree with you, Steph, and that will be interesting to see how they react to teams that are going to challenge them. So – I'm sitting here thinking about it. I don't want to admit it, but just looking at how, how, how the standings and how the cards will fall, the Knicks might make the Eastern Conference Finals if they really give Philly, you know, true true bump, not, you know, the way I think they can. So with me saying that, I out of every team that would potentially be facing Brooklyn later on in the playoffs, I feel like if they run into a team like the Knicks who have, you know, real grit and, you know, they obviously might not might not have the most talent, but they have true grit. And, you know, I feel like there's something, especially with their lack of depth uh, that they lack. I mean, yes, I've, you know, I've said this whole season that they're, that they're the most talented team on paper. But at the end of the day, we've seen bad teams have – I mean, we've seen great teams have bad shooting nights. And in the playoffs, you know, if you have two two bad shooting nights, you can go home. But at the end of the day, I just feel like the talent will prevail. But I feel like you're kind of discrediting Kyrie because of his, you know, of his past. I definitely understand it. But I don't feel like that's really something that I agree with. And – you say that Steve Nash really, he's, you know, he's never really coached. He's never coached at all before, but, you know, you're, it's not always about the, you know, the the main guy, the, you know, the main head coach. When you have good assistants behind you, I mean, shoot, he has a guy like Mike D'Antoni behind him. He, obviously, he's not a championship caliber, you know. He's never won a championship or not even been to a championship, but, you know, he's one of the most, you know, well, if, if not, he's probably one of the best coaches in basketball. So when you have a guy like him to really lean on, I feel like that definitely help, helps them out as a whole, especially with this relationship with James Harden back in Houston. So I still think Brooklyn comes out of the East, but I could definitely see them potentially slipping up to, if they were to face them, I could see them slipping up to the Knicks. What about the Bucks second round? Do you see that at all? Bucks or Heat upsetting them? 
Um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick the. It wouldn't be Miami because Miami really lacks talent, and um, they have a lot of young guys who just aren't as good as the other guys on Brooklyn. Um, and the only reason I I would think Milwaukee could beat them is their overall size advantage. But you know, we all saw in 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 the game in game one. Milwaukee really had to rely on Middleton and um, Middleton and Drew Holiday to you know close out the game because at the end of the day that's not who Giannis is. So um, when you instead of put, putting up putting them up against like guys like Jimmy Butler, who's you know he's real tough but he's not real talented. When you put them up against better talent like um, like Kyrie and, and Harden, I feel like at the end of the day Middleton will regress to what we already know him to be and that's probably a third option so i don't really see them see him carrying this momentum throughout the whole playoffs do you really want to talk about the sixers and wizards or is that one kind of like a conclusion because like there's uh, a bunch of other series we can talk about if you want uh we don't have to talk about it we, we don't have to talk about it because I I've said this for a while. People ask me, "Oh, what's the you know what's going to happen for the Wizards for them to win?" Um, Joel Embiid is going to have to you know just just retire. Ben Simmons is going to ha- going to have to retire. Uh, Tobias Harris is just just going to be like, "Ah, forget this. I'm going to go hang out with Boban." Um, there's there's nothing that they can do. This they don't have the size to compete with Joel Embiid. Um, the rest of the guys outside of Bill. Pretty suspect. I mean, Bertans, he can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. I mean, I mean, obviously, you, you know, we do have Captain Hook, but you know, at the end of the day, when you compare him to a guy like Joel Embiid and even even a Dwight Howard, what's he really going to do with that? So it's sadly, I feel like you know the the whole thing about there's always been at least one sweep in the first round of every playoffs for the last however many years. This is going to the streak going to continue it's going to be be a sweep we don't have to talk talk about this ever again let's just let's just put this to rest all right all i have to do is mention it so thanks we're going to move on now to the western conference in a series that isn't going to get a lot of love i think the trailblazers are going to upset if you will the nuggets obviously the nuggets are three but without jamal murray so it may not be considered an upset but it still should get some recognition because at the end of the day, they are still the three seed. The Nuggets still do have the MVP. Damian Lillard's going to pull off some first round magic again, but someone is going to find some loophole in it and be like, oh, there's no Jamal Murray, so doesn't count. But do either of you think the Trailblazers are going to beat the Nuggets round one? I'm, the Nuggets also are missing Will Barton game one. I don't know when he's going to be back. He was a great perimeter defender. I feel like him putting him because Composito and Lillard or McCollum, that's that's trouble in the series. So I feel like if you stick Barn on one of those guys, you obviously they're gonna get their buckets regardless, but it's gonna slow them down, make them work way harder. They're they're just gonna need more offense outside of they just need more output from guys like Aaron Gordon. Marcus Howard's gonna have to step up as well. Uh I don't know. They just got unlucky that Jamal Murray got hurt, but I think the Blazers are probably going to take this series unless Will Barton comes back and we just, I don't, I just think the, I think the Blazers have this one in six, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, when you saw Denver trade away guys like Gary Harris to 
um, Utah, I mean, to Orlando for Aaron Gordon. I mean, you know, they, they kind of got, they kind of, they, they definitely did get better. But when you, obviously, when you lose a guy like Jamal Murray, who's probably, in my opinion, one of the most underrated point guards in basketball, who's, you know, as we saw from last year in the bubble and what we've seen from um, this whole season up until he got hurt, he's one of the most clutch players in basketball. He can create his, create his own shot. He's a pretty decent defender. Um, so when you take away a guy like that who can really take the pressure off of a guy like Jokic, um, they really – they, they, they just they just lost a really big piece. So before the Murray injury, I had Denver um, going ahead, probably to the conference finals. But without them, I could definitely see them falling to Portland in about six. Unfortunately, um, like I said, this this Jamal Murray injury is really the big the biggest thing. So I can definitely see them losing to Portland a series that is underway as we speak is Utah and Memphis. John Morant has been a revelation. Two years, or not even, a little over the first year in his career, people were like, oh, he can't lead a team, this and that. Beats Golden State Friday night, now goes against the number one seed, Utah Jazz. And I'm, I want to talk big picture for Utah here for a second, because I do think they win. If they don't make it to at least the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals, I think Quinn Snyder, A, either loses all of his hair or B, he's going to get somebody seriously hurt because he definitely has like mob connections. He just kind of gives me that impression. And he's like trying to keep it low key in Utah. So he's just, you know, he's just at his Utah house for indefinite leave, probably on, you know, witness protection. But Utah's without Mitchell right now. Gobert's going to do his thing. The Splash Uncle's going to, you know, give you four threes a game. Mike Conley back in the playoffs again. So is this going to be a eight over one, or is Utah going to roll? So currently Utah's up 24-17. Donovan Mitchell's not playing either, so. Uh, uh, This Grizzlies team doesn't really have much playoff experience outside of Jonas Valanciunas. So, I mean, you're looking at the Jazz and pretty much all their guys, Conley, Mitchell, Gobert, Ingles, Bogdanovich, they've all ha- they've all been in these type of positions before. I'd love to see an upset for the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks, I mean, they have great, great, great young guys, great pieces defensively. Um, I just think that the Jazz experience and obviously they have more consistent scores. I think that's going to be the deciding factor. I think the Jazz take it, take uh, the Grizzlies in. Five. That's my prediction. So we all saw what um, Memphis did versus Golden State the other day. Um, I just feel like at the end of the day, even though they are a very, 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 very young team, um, they really they're lacking experience, and I feel like they're they're all they're kind of gassed because you saw you know they were hitting hitting shots in a game versus. Going to state that I didn't expect him to hit. I mean, I've always said that John Moran's a pretty suspect shooter. Um, I know Dylan Brooks is, is a pretty reliable defender, but you know, they they kind of got got hot when when it, when it was needed. So um, I just don't see them beating a team like like Utah, who's the best defending team in basketball, or at least within a top three best defending teams in basketball, um, and. I, with or without 
Donovan Mitchell, they're they're going to beat them easily because even if you take out a guy like Donovan Mitchell, that's that's just going to give more, more shots for you know probably the sixth man of the year, Jordan Clarkson, and he's you know a pretty good scorer. So the lack of experience mixed with you know them coming back down to to earth and them playing a great defensive team in, in Utah, I really don't see them. I really don't see Memphis really competing very, very much in this series versus Utah. In our two versus seven matchup, Phoenix versus the Lakers, La Ankle and a Disney didn't really get it done today. I don't feel that way, but those nicknames are great. So (laughs) they, they, they should stick around. But LeBron finally, after like 20 years, looks his age and the world is freaking out about it. Like, he said he wasn't going to be able to play full strength, but yet everybody was still like, this Deanna LeBron? So it's interesting. And I don't know how they keep doing it, but Phoenix, they're just like the little engine that could. I don't know. Respect them. Bonnie Williams deserves to be coach of the year. I don't know how they do it, but Phoenix, they're just the – similar to a Leicester City 5,000 to one a couple of years ago. But Phoenix, I, we said this months ago on this program, they are the real deal. The Chris Paul effect is very real. I think everybody who is in their mid-30s and struggling should just go full plant diet because it obviously works. So I'm sorry, Los Angeles. I say a lot of bad things about you anyways, Mickey Mouse, this and that. True though, <laughs> Phoenix and five. I just think it's another overreaction. I mean, we saw what they I mean. They lost all of their first games in the bubble last year. Everyone was saying Blazers, Blazers in six, all this kind of stuff. We all, we've all seen it. I think the biggest takeaway is Andre Drummond should not see the floor with Anthony Davis at the same time. And they need to play Talon Horn Tucker more minutes, in my opinion. Deontay, what, what, <laughs> you disagree with me on that? I don't disagree necessarily, but. Taylor Horn Tucker. I'm just sick of hearing this name. It's 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 Carlos. Yeah, it's Ford. Alex okay. Crusoe or nothing. None of this THT stuff. I want I'm the ball eagle. Fan. I love his game, but I don't know. I just like when you when you watch the game and you saw Drummond and Anthony Davis on the floor together, it really gave no room for Anthony Davis to work down low on the post because Andre Drummond has no jumper outside like two feet. He has no jumper at all. Um, I think obviously KCP was terrible today. He was one of seven from three. He was missing some great looks. Overall, it's just a bad shooting night overall for the Lakers, but credit to the Suns. They had they were missing Chris Paul for a good portion of that second quarter. Uh, Cameron Payne got ejected, who was their go-to guy off the bench. I mean, props props to the Suns. I think, I think this series could go to seven, and I, I think the Suns deserve a lot more credit than people were giving them credit for. And Monty Williams, coach of the year. So I definitely agree with the whole Monty Williams coach of the year thing, um, bringing Phoenix back to what they, you know, what they were for the last have a long since uh, Steve Nash departed. Um, they definitely sh- should be, you know, I mean, he definitely should be mentioned in the coach of the year discussion. Um, Chris Paul deserves some MVP votes. Uh, he shouldn't win it, but he should definitely be within the top five of voting. Um, but to this series, this is a, I won't say this is what I expected, but 
at the end of the day, I've said this, it's, it's, it's on previous podcasts, the Lakers' depth sucks. And Anthony Davis this year has sucked. And at the end of the day, LeBron James, he's 36. And, like, he, he – He's he's a superhuman, but you know, even even Superman has has lost lost a fight. You know, I'm not saying it. You know, it happens a lot, but you know, I Anthony Davis he's struggled. Andre Drummond he really doesn't fit necessarily. I mean, he they they essentially brought him in because the other centers that they had sucked. I mean, Marcus Saul he's slow. So I mean, I guess. They really didn't have another option but to bring in Drummond. Um, and if they really don't get any production from like a Schroeder or Kuzma, or you know, I guess you can say anybody Kuzma. not LeBron or AD. Yeah, like they they really can't do anything. Just like one out of twelve guys needs to make a couple of baskets. That's all they're asking. It's not that much. So so I remember I, I heard the strategy from I. I think it was Quinn. I, I don't know if it was Quinn Snyder, but I heard it somewhere where it said, "I, you let if if LeBron James or any superstar in any team goes off, that's fine. That's to be expected. They're a superstar for a reason. But if you can stop the other twelve guys, then you give yourself the best chance to win. Because at the end of the day, only one guy cannot cannot beat you. That just said we." It just won't happen. So if you stop everybody else, you give yourself the best chance to win. So I feel like if that's a strategy for Phoenix, and if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are, are struggling, it's going. To, I won't say it's going to be easy, but this is going to be easier than what, what they expected. And if this continues to happen, I've got Phoenix winning in six. I just like to see LeBron more aggressive. It just seems every time he gets the basketball, he's always looking for that fancy pass to a cutter. I just think sometimes LeBron needs to, you know get some Mamba mentality in him and just try to take over these games. I know I understand he's trying to get his teammates involved, but at some point I think you just have to have that take. He just has to take over this game. Like he, he's not the same player he was in with the Cavs or like when younger when he was at the heat, but it's just 18 points from LeBron. It's just not enough to get you a win. I just think he needs to look to score the basket more if the Lakers want to change the series. Yeah, so, he's play old guy now. That's, that's what's going to oh happen. God. He dodged right. the Knicks. He should have played that game. He's not ready. Okay. Okay. First of all, let's – okay. Okay. First of all, let's, nobody's dodging the, the damn Knicks, okay? He'd be ready for the playoffs. They would have won today. He wouldn't have helped up CP3. He's got to go back to zero dark 30-23. I mean, well, okay, well, I, I will say this. Oh, oh, and him not getting, like, any COVID stuff when he's, like – a noted not vaccinated person. Shout out Dennis Schroeder. Like, come on now. Didn't it's like he get suspended earlier in the season for like attending a, a wedding? He something? said he wasn't gonna go to a game or something because he had a family party or something, and they were like, "Oh, you got to pass three COVID tests." But LeBron, you know, can rub elbows with Michael B. Jordan and Drake, and it's like, "Hey, okay. have fun on Sunday." Okay. Okay. Well, let's just let's just acknowledge this when. Even even players on the Lakers said this in the bubble, right? When when they're staying at the whole resort thing, you know, players they just got regular hotel rooms. I'm pretty sure LeBron James got the massive suite of 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 suites. Okay, you we all know it's different rules for for great players. Jimmy Johnson when Emmitt Smith showed up late, 
he's I, I, he wasn't gonna go cut him, but it's a random Joe showed up late. He was gonna cut him. But uh, back to the series. Um, I when LeBron came out and, and said that you know I'm not gonna be at or never be back at 100. I definitely question that because we would I've never expected to hear anything like that from him. And Armand, your point where you feel like he has to go, you know, Kobe Mama mentality. That's just not who he is. You know, you really can't expect that from him. You know, having that killer instinct like you know Kobe and and MJ, that's that's their own thing. That's not who LeBron is. Now, can he do that? Yes, but that's just simply not who he is. Um, and with him dealing with his injury and with AD dealing with his injury, I wouldn't be shocked if they're like, you know what, let's just forget this year. It was a COVID year. A lot of things have happened. We just won, won a championship last year. Let's rest up, retool for next year. I, I don't agree with it, but I would not be shocked if that's his mindset or he's at least th- thought of that. I'm glad you said it's a COVID year. Could you be implying that last year's championship was a fluke? <laughs> well, Dion, I do want to agree with you. Like, I know that's not LeBron's type of play style, but when you have your other role players aren't hitting their shots, I think party – part of you has to say, okay, I got to take matters into my own hands. And do you see where I'm coming from though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and also I have to say, do not overreact. This is the first game. Of, no, of it's the over. I, I think Suns in four now. You convinced me. I appreciate it. I mean, I mean, well, you know, if, if we want to overreact to the first game, we can say Hawks in four, but you know, we're not going to do, do that. We're right? talking about them anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just saying, since, since we're going to overreact, I'm just saying, your typical LeBron James game, you know, he lost, like you said, Armand, he lost, or Steve, whichever one of you guys said it, he lost a lot of his, all of his game ones last year. Let's not overreact. Now, if he if he's doing the same thing in game three, then it's over. But it's only game, game one. He can still wreck off four wins in a row, especially with Chris Paul, not knowing with what his shoulder or whatever's going on with him. Was what that's what that's going to be, you know? And we don't we don't expect DeAndre Ayton to go off for the numbers or go off for what he did, you know, today going forward. You know, unless he just got some resurgence in him. But I, I wouldn't count count the Lakers out. But I picked the Suns before the series, and I'm sticking with them. I still think Lakers in six. That was my prediction. Team that pays rent to the Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, lost to the Dallas Mavericks in what is becoming a borderline rivalry. They met up last year, had a great seven-game series in the bubble. Luka Doncic literally leaves every single ounce of him on that floor. And I, I mean, I don't know. I like the Mavericks a lot. I'd like if they lost a little more, so like a better draft pick for the Knicks, but that's not going to happen now. So do the Mavs have a shot at the upset? Yes. Um, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I can see it happening. Am I still going to rock with the Clippers? Yes, but it's, I would. I can see this series going, definitely going seven. Um you know, Kawhi played pretty good in the last game. Um, so I just feel like if the Clippers at least play the way that I expected expect them to to play, because they're one of my favorites to come up of the West, um, then I could definitely see, you know, this this is going seven, but I still would pick the Clippers to um come out and 
prevail. Uh, yeah, I think there's a possibility for the upset. They did a great job defending the perimeter against the Clippers, held them to 27% from three. They're going to need those type of consistent, consistent performances defending the perimeter. And obviously, when you have a, when you're facing a guy like Pandemic P on the opposite side, it helps to know that. I mean, I'm a Paul George fan, but he's terrible in the playoffs. It, it helps. 13 percent. Yeah, I definitely think there's a possibility if Porzingis stays healthy the whole series. Knock on wood. Oof, that that's... I think the Mavericks can pull this upset out. But yeah. I'm still rocking the Clippers, like Deontay said. I mean, if if Mark Cuban could like unload a couple of his quasillion millions on like a real superstar for Luka Doncic like this team would be ridiculous so very quickly Deontay got a lot of games coming up this week what should we be expecting um Knicks coming back stronger Clippers coming back stronger Wizards doing what they do being terrible um I mean Suns getting better so that's that's just how how I see it unfolding. Oh, shout out shout out um to the Heat too. They're definitely going to come back strong. Armand, how is this week in the NBA going to go? Uh, gotta agree, Knicks coming back stronger. Gotta look for the Lakers as well. Um, Mavericks. I want to see how they adapt game two. See how the Clippers adapt as well. And Hawks in four. <laughs> All right. I mean, we got like no time left, so I don't have any time to respond, but I will on Tuesday and then a lot of basketball. So we're going to be talking about that at Wavelengths Pod at the Sports Wave official, sportswave.net. Thank you, Deontay. Thank you, Armand. And just like that, we're out.